How many, how many active uh, members are currently using Lead Carrot today? Uh, just under 2,000, it floats. So here's a big question. As a digital marketer, how can we accelerate our business with extreme momentum without all the turbulence and time suck? And how do we do it in a way that changes the lives of everyone around us? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashclicks, and welcome to Marketer's Mindset. What's going on, everybody? We have Ross Cristofoli from Lead Carrot, all the way out of Wisconsin. Ross, tell us what it is that you do and how you generate money. Uh, yeah, I also have an agency like most of you guys here, so that's my main thing. And then we also have uh, Lead Carrot, so I'm the CEO and co-founder of Lead Carrot, and I've married the two together. So I say it's my main thing because every single agency client I get, I put them on there, so. I love it, man. And, and if you could uh, strip everything away, who do you think your ideal customer avatar is? And now I know, so Lead, and I just want to make sure, and also if the audience um, knows exactly what we're talking about. So Lead Carrot and your agency are essentially under the same umbrella, right? They are, in, but my agency serves a different audience than Lead Carrot. Okay. So let's do this. Just for the sake of metrics and time, let's fully focus on Lead Carrot. Sure. Um, that way, um, when, once we start drilling through, it'll make more sense because you're probably doing maybe different types of marketing and stuff um, for both. So yep. not to confuse the audience, we'll stick with Lead Carrot. So I guess for Lead Carrot, who's your ideal avatar? Agency owners looking to acquire clients. Awesome. And how many team members do you have on your team? If you can just peel the onion back and break that down for us really quickly. Yeah. So we actually only have five people on our team for Lead Carrot. Um, when it comes to like our support and this and that. And then we do have another portion of Lead Carrot now, which is our call center. And right now we're getting near 30 people in there. Wow. So those are, those are for the callers, right? Yeah, those are callers. That's the caller program. So, but, I, but I just wanted to make, Lead Carrot's a pretty small operation still. Yeah, I mean, you guys are running lean, which is great. And you get, you're doing good. I know, obviously we know each other. We always uh, talk off camera in private conversations. And I know you guys are doing very well. Um, how many how many active uh, members are currently using Lead Carrot today? Uh, just under two thousand. It floats. Back two thousand. Just under two thousand. And these are are these uh, are are these active? Do you have like a free trial version where some people are free trial? You don't have a free trial version. Okay, so yeah. right around two thousand people on active subscriptions using Lead Carrot, and these are Perfect. separate two thousand separate companies, right? Not not right. individual people. Gotcha. Because yeah. people, obviously, for those of you guys out there who are familiar with CRMs and automation platforms and stuff like that, um, usually it's one company and then there can be multiple users housed in that one company, right? So yeah, 2,000. We, we don't even count. Uh, I'm sure that there's probably more users, but I'm yeah. counting just like accounts. Just pure members. Yeah, accounts. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, awesome. Um, and um, uh, if, if you could take uh, your entire list and put it together, let's say Ross tomorrow uh, wanted to send a message to his audience, right? Um, how many people would be on that list? If you combine your Facebook group, your, your email list, your everything that you have, your social media platforms, everything together, you want to send a message. How many people would you actually hit? Uh, probably 15,000, but 15, I don't know. My, my deliverability rate sucks right now. So I'm pretty sure that I would not hit all 15,000. I would attempt to email 15,000 people, but I don't know how many it would land. Let's dive into fun metrics really quick. What's the open rate on emails that you get? Uh, to be honest, I have absolutely no clue. Okay. 
I don't even see. Here's the thing: is I don't. I am probably the worst when it comes to caring about that metric because all I care about is the sale. That's and true. that sounds crazy, but like I found that open rates for me don't necessarily equate to more sales because it could have been a really clickbaity title and everyone opened it, but it didn't convert. So I, I tend to see every email blast that I send out, about two to three percent of them will convert into whatever that offer is. That's the metric I'm focused on. But I don't even send my own emails out. And that's why I say I don't really quite know what the open rate is because I don't live and breathe within that number. That's good. That's good. And what's the pricing model look like for lead care? Let's say I come in, want to use it today. What am I looking at? What are the fees? How does it work? Yeah, there's two options. You have a $47 option, which is because um, we do data searching, like data scraping and stuff that way. Yep. That gives you 315 searches per week. Um, and you can have up to three teams, three users, three pipelines. Yep. On the 297 model, you go up to, uh, I believe it's 1,800 searches per week. And then you have unlimited users, pipelines, et cetera. Just so, so you can put all your own clients and whatnot on there. So just so the audience understands, I know they're probably going to ask questions in their head. Well, what, what is this searches? What does searches mean, right? Can yeah, you so quickly pull like that in, back? Yeah, in my old course, I used to teach people like how to scrape data and I use like Chrome extensions and I would go to Google and I would type like, you know, loan officers and then I'd scrape all that data and then we would take that and we would go find all their social media data and all that. And then we just decided, let's just build a button where you push it and it does it all for you in a couple of minutes. And so data becomes the bottleneck to any business. You ran a call center, you understand how oh, yeah. that goes. And so for us, um, it's just a way to be able to scrape contact data, social media data. It also pulls things up like, do they have a pixel or not? Are they mobile friendly? What are their Yelp reviews, like their Google reviews? So that way you can quickly gotcha. get some of that. So you're saying essentially a search is I go in and I plug in um, Salon Miami, Florida. That's one search. Then I search two minutes later, I go in and I plug in Salon um, Boise, right? That's another search right just yeah. we're all on the same page okay cool and i know yeah. that i know that a lot of people in the industry so you know a lot of people are using d7 right now what's like the biggest comparison that you would say between lead carrot and d7 as far as obviously d7 i know they don't have the whole crm automations and all that which is yeah. one but from like a data perspective if somebody's looking to just purely get data out of it um well, what's i'll tell you this because i've done the side-by-side -side comparison of both from just a data standpoint and there's pros and cons to both of ours. Um, eventually there will be more pros than anything with ours, but here's what I found. So their big thing is that we don't have is they support bulk scraping right now. So you can put in like 10 cities and uh, like type it in and then we'll go scrape them all for you at once. Lead care does not do that yet. But with that, what I'd like to say is it takes like an hour or two for you to get that data. Well, yeah. maybe not that long, but like 30 minutes to an hour where I could literally search all 10 of those in about five minutes and have the data on lead care. Gotcha. The other thing is, is they cap you out at a daily amount of searches. So they might um, allow you to do 10 searches per day. And that's because they're trying to manage the queue system on the back end uh, without bogging it down. We don't do that. We say 315 a week. And the reason why that's important is because as an agency owner, if your sales team runs out of data, you don't want to be like, I can't scrape anymore until tomorrow. <laughs> like, I want to sit down. I don't want to be scraping all week. Like I want to sit down on Sunday night and scrape for the entire week. And I don't want to have to think about data for the remainder of the week. From a data standpoint, it's all the same crap. I hate to say that, but it's all public data. 
Yeah. It's not like we're pulling something from Equifax or places that people don't know how to get it from. Um, it's all public data. I will say this, that um, when I used to utilize D7, I got a lot of these email addresses that looked like they were auto-generated. I don't know. I'm not going to make the accusation. I'll let people say for themselves, but my balance rate was higher. Gotcha. Hey, makes sense. And do you have a value ladder right now for lead care? How are you getting people in and are you getting them in straight into lead care? Are you going through a VSL? Do you have a coaching program on the back end for lead care? Talk to me about that really quick. Yeah. So for lead care, the big thing for us was uh, at first we just wanted to get users on and then we were losing users because they weren't activating in software. There's something called, you know this, but I'll explain this to the audience. Yeah. User activation, which means you know, they hit certain key KPIs. So like they added their integrations, they created a pipeline, they scraped data, they added leads. And we were seeing people sign up, but we saw only a small fraction of people actually activate. And when that would, if they don't activate, then they're not gonna continue using it in their life. So what I found is if I created mini courses, like you might remember I was putting out the cold email machine one pretty hard, or my five day email sequence, I'm giving them a mission up front that when you sign up, you're going to go accomplish this mission to get clients. And by doing that, they would go set it up. And that's helped our retention substantially because we're activating a much larger number of users and our churn has dropped. I mean, and you're, you're making your products, you're making your products stickier. You're indoctrinating them, not only indoctrinating them, but you're essentially telling them, Hey, I know that if you do A, B, and C, you're going to stick around longer. So I'm going to bring you through a process to make sure when you sign up, you do A, B, and C, right? Exactly. What's your, what's your churn rate right now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, our churn rate right now is still higher than what we would like. So for every uh, 10 users that we have that sign up, about four of them will leave within 30 days. Okay. So we're- so month we're over stick- month churn rate around like 40%, would you say? Yeah. Okay. Hey, and you guys are, I know you guys are, are somewhat of, of a newer platform, yeah. right? Which is fine because even Dasks is a newer platform and we have churn as well. Every company does, right? So that's totally fine. But I know, I know, you, like I said, I know you personally, you're working on optimizing that just like all of us software guys are. So that's good. Yeah, and, it's, and part of that is, uh, you know, people will come in and I get it, but as a software that's newer, you might have a, a frustration with like your onboarding process. Like some people get it and some people just don't. And, you know, and then on the other side of it, there's also little glitches and things that might pop up here and there. And then the other aspect of it is, is agency owners, which is what our main audience is. Most of them are beginners Yep. and they get this with the hope of landing a client and you can, if you actually go use it, but it's just a tool. Like you still have to know how to swing the hammer. And so if they don't, by the end of the month, land a client, $47 a month becomes hard for them to you know, for someone who's a startup, to that. Yeah, yeah so subscriptions become difficult to pay without revenue coming in. Exactly. Yep. So what would you say is the biggest needle mover for lead care? What was like the one thing that you guys did that took you from A to Z so fast? Like the, the biggest thing that made the biggest impact on lead care? Yeah, the thing that made the biggest impact was when we first started lead care, we were only a scraper, which was fine. That was great. But I view that as like the gas and when we provided a vehicle as well that that gas could go into. That backend automation system. For those of you guys who are not familiar with LeadCare, they have, a, you know, full-blown CRM with, you know, pipeline automations and a bunch of really cool stuff in there. Yeah, so that, that would be the, the biggest needle mover. And we, uh, every, it's funny to use that term. 
every single week, me and Andre get on a call and say, this week, what's the next needle mover? Because your audience needs to feel like you're, because like we'll hold back features and stuff for a little while so that way we can release them and keep that momentum going. And sometimes a needle mover has nothing to do with new features. It comes out, it's me teaching people a new way to apply new features. Like yesterday I showed a, a how to create a text message bot within lead care. So a client lead can come in and it'll say, Hey, did you schedule yet? If not say schedule and when they hit schedule, great. Here's the calendar to schedule. Like I showed them how to do that, that the abilities and the tools have been there for the last six months. People just never thought to use it in that way. Yeah. So I would say that the other needle mover is just teaching people the application of it. Yeah. And that makes sense. What, what are you guys doing right now to start conversations to get actually people into lead care? What's like the top of the funnel look like for you? Yeah, right now it's pretty much all through ads is how I'm getting people in. Um, people follow, I have a lot of content that goes out there and then it doesn't take long of digging into who am I to start finding lead care. Yep. So there's that and then there's word of mouth. But okay. for us, a lot of it is ads and lead magnets and stuff like that. I have an agency and I use it in my own agency. So as I'm sharing content, people are seeing it and it's more of me documenting my processes within my own agency and showing people how this works. What do you think the, the the split would be between paid and organic of people signing up to lead carrot? Um, the source it's, it's probably right now a solid 50, 50, uh, obviously not exact, but our organic stuff is actually starting to take over the, not in a, in a bad way, but our organic stuff is starting to blow up. I've never been a good organic marketer my entire life. Like it's just not what I've been. My strong suit is like, I, you can get 10,000 people into a software like you did organically. I don't have that skill. Like that's not what I've done. And I think it's really cool when you can do that because those people you tend to have more meaningful relationships with. I've always done everything through just paid ads and like, hey, you know. it's working. It's working. So you know what I mean? Put yeah. yourself on the back as it is working. Yeah, it's a great, I, I'm a big fan proponent of paid ads, but what I'm getting at is I truly think that it's good to have a little bit of both. And my organic stuff that I've really been pushing is mainly YouTube. YouTube. Um, I've really been pushing YouTube. Not, well, YouTube ads, but also YouTube organic. Oh, and, okay. I got you. I see what you're saying. So pushing, you're, and, you're posting a lot on your YouTube channel and you're getting yeah. the subs up, the view times up, and the more people they view and subscribe will eventually probably buy. Yeah. And I don't even have a large YouTube channel. And if you look at my videos, most of them only get maybe like a hundred views or so, but the people who are watching are buying. They're converting and, well. That's the thing that I think is meaningful about YouTube is I look at that and I'm like, I have such horrible stats, but yet I can clearly see like this is helping us convert. So I'm just going to keep posting on YouTube. And, you know, they say that all it takes is a couple videos to pop. And then all of a sudden your YouTube yep. can pop. Yep. What, what do you think the most successful automation is that you have within lead care? What's like the, the, the coolest automation that uh, one either saves you the most time or just makes you the most revenue for your company. What's the one, the one, one automation you love the most? The drip feature. And the drip, the reason I like the drip feature is because I can fill one pipeline. I can sit down and fill up a pipeline with, you know, five, 10,000 leads. And then I can set up that drip feature to say, I want 500 a day to go through my outreach sequence. And what that does is that allows me to be hands off because my, I'll see like, calls coming through and appointments being set from our team because I have it all automated. So it's like, if they don't respond to the voicemail and they don't respond to the email, it goes into my call center. My call center then gets that and tries to get them back. So like I can, it's like literally the very first thing in front of the machine. And if I set it, it up, the I, machine, essentially. Yeah, 
That's what it fills the machine like, every day. It's gas. Then, yeah, exactly. The data is the gas. So as long as I keep that with data, now soon we have an automation coming where it's going to detect like, oh, wow, you only got 500 leads left. So you can set that limit. It'll auto go scrape more data from a city you haven't scraped from, pull that data in, and then the machine is like, you know. Never ending, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, I know this is a stupid question. What's your favorite CRM? Uh, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll take that. What does your sales process look like for lead care? Is it low touch or is it just like people coming in, they're signing up? You're not really, you're not really doing demo. Pretty low touch. Yeah, we tried. Actually, we um, had hired somebody from ClickFunnels and we tried to do like the one-on-one -on -one live demo thing. And when, and it was working, like we were getting people to sign up. And the, I guess the thing about those is we were always pushing just annual to make it worth his time. Yeah. But um, if you just side by side it, people were buying lead care because of the data, the content, the things that we had, and we didn't need it. Gotcha. So the sales, I'm pretty much the only salesperson for lead care right now, which I, I know sounds a little cliche because Russell Brunson says that as well, but that's just the truth. Like, yeah, I, it, I, I'm in the same boat as you and I feel the same way. But. Yeah, and support, I will say this, our support team, is also kind of like sales. And the reason for that is because our biggest acquisition on LeadCare is we run Google ads to blogs. And while they're reading the blog, it engages them through a chat box and it'll engage those people who are reading. And when they respond, it's my support people that are actually selling. So gotcha. that's, that makes uh, sense. What, what do you, what do you, you know, a hundred people hit the LeadCare website. How many people are signing up? What's your average conversion rate? About three. 3%, pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. What are you doing with the other 97% of the people? Uh, well, we retarget on ads, but I also have where when you're going to exit out of the screen, there's a pop-up that says, hey, do you want my free five-day agency sequence for nurturing your leads? And it's five days of copy that it's the same copy I'm using in my own agency. So if somebody opts into an ad or they schedule an appointment, they start getting my emails that warm them up before our call. It's the same exact thing I'm using and I give it to them. And then once they get it on the thank you page of that is a video of them seeing how to install that into lead care with another prompt. To so, so you're educating them on something, but they have to obviously have lead care to use it. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to, like if you have active campaign or one of these other softwares, you could plug the copy into it. So I'm not trying to like, I don't want them to feel like I'm bait and switching them or like doing something trying to deceive them into joining lead care. The goal is to get them on there, but the video shows them it's so easy with lead gotcha. care. Because like there's softwares out there, like there, I won't say the name, but there's a competitor agency software probably everyone knows. And if you wanted to set up like an automation, the opportunities page and the automations, you have to try to like dynamically think and be like, okay, if they're in here, this, so I got to set up this trigger and this action. And it, it's so confusing. You have to really think about it where with lead care, it's like, you're just, putting it where you want in the pipeline. You don't have to think about it. That makes sense. Um, how much revenue has lead care generated in the last 12 months? Uh, the software on its own probably isn't generating as much as the upsells within the software. What, so, are, what are, let's go, let's take one step back real quick. So what are, what are those upsells? Just so that yeah, the audience can understand and learn from it. Within the, within the software. Gotcha. So, so I have the, and, and the other thing too, is that we sell annual memberships and we've in the past, we sold a bunch of lifetime 
membership yep. as well. Yep. But like the thing is, is that you might have say uh, almost two thousand users, but maybe eight hundred of them are annual subscriptions. So it's like your monthly reoccurring revenue. You always think, how can I keep that MRR up? Yeah. And so that's you like. Even though it's not necessarily monthly reoccur, it's basically upsells to increase the lifetime value of existing people. So I've got my other digital products that I'll sell them and things that way. Would you say Leadcare, just the software itself, does over seven figures in revenue just from the the yeah. software side of it? Not okay. Not yet. Not yet. Obviously, you're doing over six figures. We won't be going like deep into number details just yet, but we're not a seven figure software yet, and I have no problem sharing that transparency. Yeah, um, that's that's totally fine. Oftentimes, because of the cost of running lead care and like development and different things that we have going, oftentimes I actually have to take money from my agency and be like, lead care is running out of money. Let, let me, me let, let me tell you something. We built Dash Clicks with our agency money, so yeah. we're, we're in this. And and you know what I realized, especially for software creators, most software creators will build software to solve their own problem first. Number one. Okay. Most softwares, if you look at it, also start from agencies. They yeah. were agencies and then they built this product to solve a problem within their agency. They use the agency money to fund the software and they realize that just the software is better than having an agency. So they start focusing on the software side. Not that everyone does that. Obviously we have our retail agency and we have Dashfix as well, right? Very similar to you have the lead carrot, right? And then you have your own internal agency, which both have separate revenue models and are both producing revenue. But, but yeah, I, I see a lot of commonalities in that, especially from people who are creating software. I see, a, I see a lot of people coming from the agency space, creating a software and funding that software with the revenue from the agency. One thing that I think people don't think about though, and I know you, I don't wanna go into offshoot because I know you wanted to do rapid fire questions here, but a lot of people think they start a software and that uh, that's going to be the goal line forever. But what they don't realize is like all of a sudden there's new platform updates. Google Firebase just did an update and this and that. And there's so much cost in uh, to running it. And I'm actually the kind of person where I don't mind putting money into lead care. So the reason we have those times, if I didn't run any ads, we would probably never run into those issues where it's like lead care is running out of money. So lead care needs us to put more money in. But I run it like as close as I can to you know, we don't have like, Lead Care doesn't have this huge bank account because Ross spends almost all of it on ads in development. Yep. And then what we do, and I just know like, hey, my business is going very well. My agency is a seven figure agency. You know, like we've got a lot of good things. So if we come to the point where we need that, I'll put money back into Lead Care. But if you look at it, we are not VC funded. Most softwares, they get millions and millions of dollars funded into them and they burn through that cash so quick on stupid stuff. They just burn through that cash and they're not even profitable for years. So I'm totally okay with running it the way that we are. You're, I feel running, like you're running lean, but you're, what you're doing is you're building an asset, digital asset for yourself. Right. Yeah. So I think that I see the light. Yeah. Which is great. Um, uh, okay. I'm going to ask you a question aside from lead carrot. What's your favorite software? Um, right now, Kartra. I don't okay. like the support of Kartra, but I do like Kartra because I, I love the video hosting in it. Uh, I can do so much with tagging people who watch specific parts of my video. I know if they saw my offers, if they didn't see my offers. Are you using it a lot for remarketing for the most part? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. 
I, it's a tie almost between Karcher and Zapnir. Okay, cool. And then um, um, if you could give a, a, a new business owner one piece of advice to shave years of wasted time, what would that one thing be? Uh, just focusing. And also uh, along with that focus, the reason is not just, it sounds cliche to say just focus, but it really does matter because focus makes you relentless. Yeah. And that's what I found. So people will, two people can do the same exact thing and one gets an amazing result and the other didn't. But typically if you start peeling back layers of that onion, why the person didn't get results, they struggle with shiny object syndrome. They, they had all these different things going in plans. And I know people who right now they're like, they have no income. And I'm like, yeah, building an e-com store, an e-com funnel and an agency. And it's like, dude, none of them are working. Stop them. Do just one. And, and the other thing that goes with that is don't look at people like Chad and myself and think that you need to do what we're doing right now in order to be successful. You have to think, what did we do when we first started? Because if I could, if I tried to do everything I'm doing right now, even just three years ago, I would have never been successful. I couldn't have done it, but you have to go through those steps. And that's why you have to be careful. You can get into a program where people are like, hire all these people, do this, 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 and you have no revenue. That can be a struggle. Like you need to, you've got to take those steps. Baby step, baby step, one step at a time. I'm a big believer in slow and steady growth as long as the growth is there and it's steady. I don't like the big ups and downs in businesses. Um, but guys, uh, uh, you guys heard it first. Ross Cristofoli, all the way from Wisconsin with Lead Carrot. Ross, thank you so much for joining us, brother. And uh, I'd love to have you on in the near future, man. For sure, thanks. That's a great one. Want more of Marketer's Mindset? Join our private Facebook group where agencies from all over the world share strategies, network, and scale their business together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash marketers mindset to get instant access. Also, if this podcast impacted you in any way, please share it with friends and leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps build our community. 